Parker was pitiful Couldn't have been any shyer Mary Jane still wouldn't notice him Even if his hair was on fire But then one day he went to that science lab That mutated spider came Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man Sling us a web tonight Welcome back to the August edition of the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com podcast. I'm your host and webmaster of the site, Brad Douglas. Now, this podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic book subscription. They've been serving comic book readers for over 10 years, and they offer discounts from 38% up to 75% off cover price of new comics. Again, that's MailOrderComics.com for all your comic book collecting needs. And we're glad and uh, happy to introduce our guest this month. We've got Greg Weissman. He's the new uh, Spider-Man producer on the spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Greg, appreciate you being on the show with us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, let's introduce the rest of the guys. We've got uh, JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. He's kind of our Karnak the Great for Spider-Man trivia. JR, welcome. Uh, hello, everyone, and uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to my son, Spencer. Today is his sixth birthday. Oh, that's awesome. It's my daughter Erin's eighth birthday. And you Today. know what? And you know what's funny? I mean, not eighth, thirteenth. She'd be kind of mad if I said eighth. Wow. I don't know why I said eighth. It's her thirteenth birthday today. That's awesome. Well, happy birthday to everybody. It's also, strangely enough, today is the, the, the uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space ninth birthday. Nine years ago, I created this site, so we're going to celebrate that a little later after we get done talking with Greg. But l- let me get back to the intros. We've also got um, our Lone Star Spider-Man fan, Spidey Dude, from the soon-to-be-relaunched SpideyDude.com. Spidey Dude, welcome, buddy. Welcome back. I'm welcome. I'm glad to be back. Awesome. And Morbius, our brooding dark spider fan, as usual. And you can check out his uh, online comic, webcomicsnation.com slash internal affairs. Morb, it's good to have you back, buddy. Back. Good to be returned to the show. All right. And as we said earlier, we've got Greg with us. And uh, Greg, tell me a bit about uh, the kind of the what, – what's the angle of this show going to be? I, I, I know uh, you said that you're going to go off of uh, the, the Lee Ditko classic stories. You're going to kind of take by, Spider-Man back to square one a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the basic plan. We uh, – mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want this all updated for 2008. Uh, right. The setting is 2008. It's not 1962. But my, you know, uh, my Bible for the show is the old uh, Lee Ditko and Lee Ramita Senior mm-hmm. issues. Um, now, I've said before that you know, if I see a good idea, good character from something that came later, I'm not going to be shy about using that character too. Right. But um, you know, the fundamentally. We're looking to capture the the youth and excitement and fun of those early Spider-Man days, just mm-hmm. updated for 2008. So, so for me, it's like taking the actor known as 1962 <laughs> yeah. and uh, and just recasting the part with 2008. But that's that's the that's the part we want, you know. Right. That's the guy we want. And you have such classic materials; it can be adapted to any year, pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And a lot of the adaptations that have come uh, usually start Spider-Man older. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, uh, I, I want to see what this guy's like from the beginning. I don't want right. to skip over that stuff. I mean, uh, right. the first Spider-Man movie, you know, crushed his entire high school years into, into the first act of the film. And I understand right. exactly why they did what they did. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that. No, that's that's exactly what we want to explore this these early days. I think what I've seen from previous interviews, we're starting them at sophomore year of high school. Is that where we're starting the story? No, we're saying we're actually starting him. Uh, our first episode opens the night before his junior year of junior. high school. We're saying that okay. he became uh, he became Spider-Man at the very end of his sophomore year. Okay, that's when he was bitten. That's when Uncle Ben died. He's now spent the summer, the last three four months. Um, uh, being Spider-Man, uh, f- 
fighting regular crooks, you know, right. liquor store robbery, uh, right. jewelry heist here and there, you know. Um, right. Nothing, frankly, very challenging. Right. And Uncle Ben's death is still this really big tragedy mm-hmm. um, in, his, in his life, but right. it's been four months, so it's not a fresh wound anymore. Right. Yeah. And uh, he's... Uh, thinking that he's got things wired and, you know, he's mm-hmm. looking forward to school starting the next day because it's all going to be different. You know, sophomore year, he was yeah. he was everybody's punching bag. This year, it's all going to be different, or so he thinks. <laughs> right. Now, talk a bit about your role in the show. You're the producer of it. Will you be writing scripts, or what's your role going to be on the show? Um, I'm the supervising producer. Okay. Um, in, in essence, I'm the guy in charge, which means I'm the guy to blame. Um, <laughs> or to praise. And... Uh, uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, I'm working with Vic Cook, who is the supervising director and producer, and in essence is my partner on the project. Right. And uh, I, Vic is in charge of everything on the art side. I'm in charge of everything on the writing and voice side, although we both, you know, again, we're true partners on this, so we both, uh, right. um, you know, contribute on both sides of the equation. Right. Um and uh, we'll both work on post-production in the show. I'm writing a couple of the scripts myself, I think the first and the twelfth episode, and I'm story editing um, all of them. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm the the guy in charge. Now, I'm a a 32-year-old guy, and I I bet you're about the same kind of... You're so young. (laughs) Well, you're a little bit older. What's it like writing uh, high school dialogue? You know, a lot's changed since you and I were in high school. Um, you know, we we do the best we can. I mean, yeah. one of the things I don't want to do is right. is be so on the nose with slang of the moment mm-hmm. that the show dates three weeks after it airs. Mm-hmm. Or frankly, since we have an eight month lag time between when we write a show and when it does air, right? You know, by the time it airs, it's already dated. So we're trying to go for a feel that feels very contemporary, but in essence, I mean. Um, I'm trying to think of, of something I can compare it with, uh, and I hesitate to do this because it makes me sound arrogant because I'm not claiming I'm anything <laughs> near as talented as Joss Whedon. But right. what Joss did on Buffy, um, which is that in essence created his own slang, you know, mm-hmm. um, something that feels very real and very contemporary, but isn't locked into any, you know, particular word of the moment. I mean, there's certain things you know you can use. Kids have been saying cool. Since you know, I don't know, the twenties, and uh, right. we'll probably still be saying "cool," uh, you know, a hundred years from now. But you probably uh, won't see Peter walk into a room and say "what's up, dog" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I just don't. I, I do want to try and avoid something that dates. Right. We want this to feel contemporary, but we'd like it to feel contemporary for more than just two and a half minutes. Right. Um, and uh, that aside. You know, uh, I you know I have, I have a 13 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday, Aaron! I have a 10 <laughs> year old son named Benny, and I yeah. love them both. And I hear a lot of what they and their friends are saying. Yeah. And you know, you just try and as a writer in general, you always try and have your ear open to dialogue and the way people talk, and you try and make mm-hmm. it sound as as real as you can without again um, fixing it so tightly that it right. that it, it just isn't flexible. Now, I saw at Comic-Con that on the panel you had Josh Keaton, who's the uh, voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. You said that casting call was crazy. You went through a lot of people to get the, the perfect voice for Spider-Man. Uh, we did. I mean, yeah. um, we auditioned about 11 parts, and mm-hmm. I would say we listened to easily, and this is not an exaggeration, I'd say we listened to easily uh, 2,000 performances. Wow. Um, what was nice um, about that um, was that when we narrowed it down to a select group who we called back and then played the callbacks for everybody, uh, you know, because as you can might imagine, it's Spider-Man, so there are a lot of people who who want and need mm-hmm. to have input on this. Right. Um, it, it was an immediate consensus that Josh was there. wasn't There wasn't any arguments. There wasn't any fighting. Um, it was exactly what we. Uh, what, what were you looking in, in, in the voice acting? I mean, is there were you was Tobey Maguire kind of a model, or what? What were you looking for? No, not per se. I mean, not, yeah. I, I don't want to make it sound like I. I mean, I think Tobey's great mm-hmm. in, in those movies, but again, Tobey's older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he's playing college age Pete, and we're looking for something younger. We're looking for a guy, frankly, who isn't quite so weighed down 
by the hundreds of tragedies that Spider-Man will eventually go through. I mean, that's right. one of the tricks to it is this. Yeah, we all know what Spider-Man will eventually go through, mm-hmm. but we can't have a character who already feels like he's been through that stuff because then there's no place for that guy to go. Mm-hmm. So we needed someone who felt like Spidey would feel when he was first starting out right. and had that kind of energy and that kind of youth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Peter's a bit of a nerd, a bit mm-hmm. of a geek, um, and uh, yet and Spider-Man's a hero, but he's right. a smart-ass hero. Exactly, you know? yeah. And so we needed someone who could both capture the energy um, and the humor of, of Spider-Man Mm-hmm. And still feel honest and real as a guy who's not one of the cool kids. Yeah. You know, it's, when he's Peter Parker. I guess it's almost like casting two parts. You know, Peter's kind of the introverted, nerdish, and Spider Man's the smart ass, I guess, you know? Well, and it was literally casting two parts. Right. I mean, we had two separate sides for Peter and for Spider Man. Now yeah. the sides work together, yeah. and obviously we weren't going to cast one guy as Peter and a different guy as Spider Man. Right. But we had to find someone who could do both. And there is no doubt that there were some. Guys who auditioned, who did great Spider-Mans, who didn't do great Peters, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, and there were more than just Josh who did great jobs at both, but there was a clear feeling that this, that Josh was our guy, that this, right. this is, this just felt to us like this was a voice that was already in my head, and I didn't know what it was until Josh, you know, started talking. Right. Now, talk a bit about your history with Spider-Man. Have you been a lifelong fan? Did you grow up reading the Lee Ditko stuff? I mean, I'm not quite old enough to have grown up reading Lee Ditko, <laughs> but I am old enough to have grown up reading Lee Romita. Mm-hmm. And um, and before I was too old, I went back and read all the Lee Ditko stuff. Um, right. And so, yes, I'm a lifelong. Spider-Man fan, a lifelong comic book fan, um, and uh, I, I grew up in the Romita era, yeah. and so, um, but you know, I went back and loved the Lee Ditko stuff, loved the right. Lee Romita stuff, and that's really, as I, as I mentioned earlier, my, uh, right. my key source of inspiration, and once I got this gig, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was tremendously exciting, right. um, the first thing I did was run out and buy Essential Spider-Man one through seven, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because although I, th- there isn't one of those issues I hadn't read, it had been a while, right. and uh, so I, you know the first thing I did was my research. You know, I went through, read all that stuff, um, and and then tried to f- see how I could uh, find a uh, coherent, cohesive. Um, and contemporary way mm-hmm. to tell those stories again, and that's sort of the, those are my three C's, you know, co- coherent, cohesive, and con- contemporary. And you could add cool to uh, <laughs> it. Cool's good too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and now, have you? Did, is there a period where you stopped reading it, the modern stuff, or did you? Have you always had a subscription? To- no, I don't think. Uh, I, I mean. Uh, I think around uh, 1996, mm-hmm. and it's not just Spider-Man. I, I just. Uh, um, pulled a, away from comics in general. It, uh, it was a difficult year in comics, as far as I was concerned, and um, and uh, I didn't intentionally walk away. Mm-hmm. I just uh, one of the main issues is that the local comic book store, that is the one that was closest to my work, mm-hmm. went out of business, oh. and the and so you know I used to go every Wednesday, and it became much more difficult to get over there and then I just sort of found after a few months that I hadn't been in a while mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of slipped away but I'm, I'm back now <laughs> um, in, a, in a big way that's cool I'm, I'm writing comics again I'm I'm, uh, uh, I'm reading them again and, and uh, it's fun to get it's really fun to get right. back into it it's like a, an old friend I had missed yeah well talk a bit about uh, one of the classic comic books is Spectacular Spider-Man talk a bit about the, the decision to call this show Spectacular Spider-Man instead of amazing. Well, I knew I didn't want to just call it Spider-Man. I just felt like there's so been so many shows out there that where that was the name of the show and the movies are just called Spider-Man without any adjective. And to me, it doesn't capture the fun of those early days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted uh, to um, have the adjective. Mm-hmm. The question of which adjective had nothing to do with creative and everything to do with legal. Um, mm. So, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't know if I should say this, but I guess it can't hurt. Um, 
again, just based on my background, the first thought out of my mind was Amazing Spider-Man. Right. And just for various legal reasons that I don't even pretend to understand, but did not have to do with creative decisions. Um, hmm. Amazing Spider-Man was not available to us, so Spectacular Spider-Man was. Yeah. seemed like the natural um, second choice. Yeah, it's, so, it, I like know, that title better than Sensational or Web of Spider-Man or something like that. Spectacular had a really yeah, well, good run. Yeah, someone you know mentioned you know the stupendous Spider-Man, <laughs> the the uh, you know uh, we got a lot of goofy suggestions <laughs> at one point, but uh, I, I think you know basically once we learned that Amazing wasn't on the table, everyone yeah. again there wasn't it wasn't like a fight. We just all said, well, then spectacular. Yeah. Well, there's um, and you know now it's been a month and I'm. Um, so used to it that, you know, I can't imagine us calling the show anything else. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of Spider-Man animated series over the years. You know, you got the classic 60s ones, the 80s ones, the Amazing Friends, up to the recent MTV one. What's going to set this one apart? And, and you know, so, some of them just plain out didn't work back in the day, in my opinion. What, <laughs> like the MTV. Well, without getting too specific, um, I have, you know, it's interesting. You go on the Internet and you mm-hmm. read, you know, um, at your site and other sites, um, people respond to the news about our show. And, mm-hmm. and um, I see messages going, oh, I don't know why they're doing it. They should just continue the MTV show. They never finished that. That was a great show. And I sort of read that, and I go, I think that guy, that poster's about 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and then yeah. you, you, someone else reads it and says, what are you talking about? The MTV show, that wasn't any good. The great show was, you know, the 90s Spider-Man show. Okay, well, that guy's about 18 to 22 <laughs> in there. And then yeah. someone's going, what do you mean that 90s show was awful? It, it, Spider-Man is amazing. Friends. That's the only decent Spider-Man show they've ever met. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that person's about 30, 31. Yep. And then it's like, are you guys, you guys are all nuts. It's the 60s show. That was the only great <laughs> Spider-Man show. I'm like, this guy's my age. Um, you know, and I'm 43. I mean, yeah. you know, in other words, I really feel that to some extent, a lot, what you're passionate about from a cartoon standpoint has to do with what age you were when you very first saw it. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so I'll admit that, you know, given my age, it's the 60s show that right. I think is kind of the most fun, um, and I'm not as big a fan of some of the things that follow that, although I know a lot of great people personally who, who did, you know, their damnedest on all those series that followed. Right. Um, but having said that, I, I feel like there's never truly been a great Spider-Man show that really did the true Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds, some people are going to be outraged, but I feel that way, and I feel like we have an opportunity here to start from scratch, um, yeah. start Spider-Man where he should start, where Stan started him in high school, mm-hmm. and um, and explore the origins of him and his supporting cast and the villains and really do it right. And our goal is, and, you know, I said this at Comic-Con and, mm-hmm. And I said it before that, WonderCon, our goal is truly arrogant, I mean, or naive, depending on your point of view, which is that we'd like this to be the show that people remember, not just the ones who are 11 and 12 and watching it in 2008 when it first comes on, because, of course, those people, this will be their show. This is literally theirs, Mm -hmm. the way, you know, the 90s show is for someone who's, you know, 22 now or or the 60s show is for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I want this to be the show that everybody agrees right. is theirs. And the comparison that we make, and I want to be careful again how I put this, because um, it's easy to quote me out of context and, and make me sound obnoxious. Well, that's easy to do, period. <laughs> but um, is, uh, you know, um, the Alan Burnett, Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series. I yeah. think, you know, there's a general consensus 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, that that was the classic Batman series. And although stylistically we're not emulating that show at all, Mm -hmm. our goal is, again, no less arrogant, no less naive than we want to be to Spider-Man what that show was to Batman. Um, We want to be the show that people look back on. That this is the show that you look back on and you don't go, ooh, that didn't age too well, did it? (laughs) You want this to be the show that they look back on and go, this show is still great i think that's the pinnacle for every comic book show is that batman animated series i don't think they've they well justice league came close but i think 
that one is the one that ten, fifteen years later we're still talking about it. It hasn't gone. Away. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I was I was already a pro when that show mm-hmm. came on the air, and I was as big a drooling fan of that show as anybody. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, you know, I wasn't a kid. Right. Um, and I, I just think that that's our that's our goal for this is to to get a lot of people drooling. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's a good goal. I like that. Now, final final question. I'm going to turn it over to Jr. Uh, at Comic Con, you announced it right at the end that uh, it's going to be web shooters and not organic. So, t- talk to me a bit a little about that decision. I mean, that's that split Spider fans right down the middle. I tell you, <laughs> it split all of us right down the middle as well. Really. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Jr., you want to take it? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, rattle off some uh, a couple of really quick questions here. Okay. Um, when, when is the show supposed to premiere, and uh, how many episodes per year are we talking about? Uh, it's premiering March 2008. Um, we've got an order for 13 episodes. We are very, very hopeful, and really, there's no reason to believe that there won't be a second, third, fourth, fifth. Who knows how many seasons? But at the moment, we're just working on thirteen. Okay. So, um, so you don't have a firm a, commitment for two or three years. Then you're just working no, one but, year at a time and hoping for the best. Well, I'm hoping that we get a commitment for the second season at least um, sooner than later, and I think we will. I really do. Um, but as of today, mm-hmm. all I know for sure is the first thirteen. And there's been there's a lot of discussion about the second thirteen. A lot. And I really do think that decision is going to come down in our favor almost any minute, but it hasn't as of this moment. So um, I, uh, I, I don't want to promise something I can't deliver, uh, but I, I do think that we'll wind up doing more than just this one season. I mean, just from what everyone's seen so far, um, the scripts, that one-minute promo that was at Comic-Con, um, the, the character designs, the background designs, the voice work. I mean, we've got an incredible cast. Um, I, I think all this stuff combines to uh, make everyone have a lot of confidence in this show. And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I always hesitate to oversell things. I'd love to say, oh, it'll probably suck. And, <laughs> and then, you know, and then you're all pleasantly surprised. But the truth is I don't feel that way. I think this show is really going to rock. I really do. Awesome. It's going to kick some, some ass. Yeah. So um, I I, uh, I think we will almost definitely get a pickup for more. Um, but if you're asking me at this moment, do I know for sure? The answer is no, I don't know for sure. Okay. All right. Well, in the interest of uh, squeezing as many questions in as we can, I'll uh, okay. toss it back to our moderator. Hey, and, uh, and Greg, is it hypothetical we could go 19 years like The Simpsons with the, the, this thing? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd love nothing better. I, I mean, I think that's pretty damn hypothetical. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out. We've got high hopes for this, but um, 19 years—that's, uh, you know, that's that's the tops. At this point, it's at this point, it's Gunsmoke and The Simpsons. Those are the only two. Those are the uh, two, yeah. So, uh, or in 60 minutes. So, uh, yeah. I think uh, sort of. Uh, You've got Meet the yeah, Press. I talk a lot about arrogance, but I don't want to get <laughs> over the top. Don't, don't forget Meet the Press. That's up there, too. <laughs> yeah, Meet the Press. All right, Spidey Dude, what's your questions, buddy? Uh, well, my first one is, is uh, what made what I feel like made the Batman, the original uh, the animated series in the 90s, the Bruce Timm series, made it so great was the fact that they were kind of able to let loose and they weren't really hampered like, say, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon was by standards and practices. And there wasn't a lot of things that were cut and had to be reshot. Do you feel like you're, you guys got a lot of creative freedom? Like you, you can actually, you know, somebody's actually going to die, or or actually get inferred that somebody's going to die, or, or what, what's going on? Yeah, we're killing Spidey off in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the thirteenth. <laughs> well, I meant like, well, I meant like, a, I meant like a, if you guys are say using the Crime Master, or are you, are you going to be, you know, he he eventually dies? Uh, are you going to be using that type of storyline, or is, is it's, you know, you can actually use guns, too. I mean, because, like, in the 90s cartoon, you had, like, the lasers and, and, you know, MJ fell off the bridge, but she really didn't, and she fell into that portal, and it was just, you felt like it was so constricted, and there wasn't a whole lot of freedom. Do you guys feel like you have as much creative freedom as you feel like you need to have? I feel I have as much as I need to have. I mean, I won't pretend I've got 100%. Um, we've got S&P, you know, um, Kids WB has their S&P department, and they give us notes. But I, we've got a, actually a great 
S&P executive who seems to understand context. And, is, and uh, you know, I've gotten notes from some executives saying, I don't think this is going to go through S&P, and it has. Um, and uh, I feel, you know, I, I've been doing this for a while. I know the basic parameters of what you can and can't do. Um, but And we're pushing the envelope a little bit as well. Um, I, you know, can I turn it into a porno? Um, no, but, um, you know, that's not really what I want to do with it anyway. So, I mean, there are limits, but um, I don't feel um, constricted by them. Um, you know, you, sometimes you have to get more creative to do things within the limits, but, you know, it ain't bad to get more creative. That's a good thing. So um, I do feel like this show will not be shy on action, will not be shy on addressing serious issues, um, where they come up. Um, again, you know, uh, are we going to kill off a lot of characters? Well, no. Um, I like these characters, and so I, you know, and we're, again, early days. I mean, you know, Captain Stacy's not going to die in the first episode because, you know, he didn't die in his first appearance in the comic book either. Um, right. So, you know, for any of that stuff to matter, you've got to know these characters first anyway. So um, a lot of what we're talking about here are just non-issues at this stage. Okay. Okay. And I, I know we're going to have probably, I know we're going to have Gwen and everybody, so I guess we're going to, you know, you're going to throw Harry and Gwen and MJ who appeared later into the high school. Yeah, we are, we are, um, we are condensing a little bit to get, um, we're sort of combining the supporting casts from different eras and um, trying to find, again, a cohesive way of presenting them. Um, but it just seemed, you know, too, you know, just to wait for years and years to introduce Harry and MJ and Gwen and, um, and a bunch of these characters didn't seem like as much fun. We'd rather populate his world with people you know. But we're also doing Betty Brant, Flash Thompson, Liz Allen, um, in fact, lots of obscure um, characters as well. You know, I, I go, th- I went through those essential Spider-Man books with a fine-tooth comb. So, you know, the science teacher's Mr. Warren, um, because that was the name of his science teacher in high school. The principal is Principal Dixon. The coach is Coach Smith. Um, wow. Those are names right out of the comic book. Um, and, wow. uh, you know... <laughs> The uh, fanboy so, is geeking out, so yeah. I'm excited now. <laughs> if you know, so, if you I mean, know uh, Coach Smith, we're very impressed. <laughs> well, and you know, the funny thing is, is there's the name Coach Smith, but he never appears. Oh wow! They talk about him, but he never appears. So we actually had complete freedom designing Coach Smith <laughs> because we have no idea what he looks like. Um, but the rest, we're trying to, wow. you know, cool. contemporize. Um, and some characters we've uh, changed their ethnicity because. You know, it was 1962, and, and with a couple of obvious exceptions, like Robbie Robertson, mm-hmm. nearly the entire cast was white. Mm-hmm. And so Ned Leeds is now Ned Lee, and he's Korean-American. Mm-hmm. And we made a few other changes along those lines, just, again, because I, I just don't think it reflects the world that we live in to have a cast that's entirely white. Right. Um, but... Uh, is there any more ethnicity changes you can tell? Is, like, Flash Thompson changing or anybody else? No, Flash isn't, but uh, Liz Allen is Hispanic. Okay. Um, uh, Principal Dixon is African-American. Okay. Um, there, there are others as well, but um, um, actually, I'm sorry, did I say Dixon? It's Principal Davis. Oh. Wait, you didn't catch any of us geeks. We're, you're still golden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure, I yeah. actually mess up in the episode itself. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I I can understand. That's yeah. Right. That, that that one of our goals again is to contemporize it, and I just think in in the real. I mean, this was frankly true in 1962, but you know, pop culture just didn't display it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly in a modern real world, it doesn't make sense to uh, to have a. Uh, a cast that's 100% Caucasian. Right. Um, so we're, we're all, all ages, all ethnicity around the world watch Spider-Man. So right. People want to see at least them represented a little bit. So well, and it's New York City. I mean, exactly. The most <laughs> ethnically diverse city on the planet mm-hmm. um, is just not going to, you know, right. in this urban environment, be loaded top to bottom with uh, 
Caucasian characters. Spidey Dude. We made a few changes, but we're trying to be very respectful. I mean, right. I have a great everyone, frankly. I mean, this whole crew is just one big mass of geeks, and um, <laughs> we all have this tremendous love for this character and tremendous respect for the work that came before us. And I think fundamentally, that's what this is about. We respect these characters. Um, we're not making changes for the sake of making changes ever, ever. Yeah. Um, Great. You know, certain things we are contemporizing, um, but we're never going to make a change just because, well, I'm in charge now. I get to do it. How I'm not interested in that. Right. I, I said at Comic-Con, I'm trying to avoid creating a single new character, period. I mean, like I said, down to the coach, wow. I don't. Uh, you know, I've, I've done other shows where I get to create all the characters. That's not what this show's about. This is about me respecting the work of these masters right. that came before me. I am not interested, per se, um, in creating a single new character unless there's some slot. I, and I haven't found, I'm not kidding. Hmm. I'm not, uh, I mean, you know, there's, there are bit parts like, you know, some guy you're walking by the street who has one line like, oh, you know, um, look at that, you know, kind of thing where we're not naming the character at all. But any named character so far on the show has come right out of something that's come that's before. Awesome. We haven't created a single new character. Spidey, dude, any other questions before we move on to Morb? Uh, well, I, I could make it. I got one more question okay. and a little comment I want to make. Uh, with, with the, you're saying that uh, Mr. Warren is his teacher. You know, as a Clone Saga fan, his brother, uh, <laughs> Miles Warren, yeah, well, uh, was the guy. To, yeah, uh, you know, so we might see a possible Clone Saga on, on the show later on. Down the well, line. you're. I, I, I don't want to. You're getting so far ahead of me here. Um, <laughs> uh, we're definitely at some point, assuming we get multiple seasons, we'll see the Jackal. Oh, cool. Um, where we go with that from there. You're just so far ahead of me that, uh, you know, I don't want to comment. Um, but the Jackal, you know, does not appear in season one. And uh, But I'm very aware that this high school Mr. Warren is the brother of the of his college professor, Mr. Warren, and I'm not going to wait till he gets to college necessarily to introduce the brother. Cool. So, um, uh, you know, we've got that in mind. And, and uh, um, you know, I am... Planning ahead, although I'm, I may not be planning quite as far ahead as you. I, th- said. I think it would, I think it would take five seasons to explain the clone sock anyway. <laughs> yeah, the whole story. Yeah, but uh, um, my last question is, is, is: I find it kind of interesting. It's on WB. What was the motivation for? Because Warner Brothers obviously owns DC. What was the motivation behind getting this show on, particularly on Kids WB, and not say like Fox or something like that? Can you tell me what that motivation is, or, or uh, you know, that's no. you'd have to ask the business people. I, I I wasn't part of that decision process. They came and said, "Hey, you want to make this show?" And I, you know, tried not to drill in front of them so <laughs> that they'd pay me something. Um, <laughs> you know, the decision as to what network it went on. I mean, I think Kids WB is a great partner. They've been a great partner up to this point. Um, and you know, obviously, I know they own DC Comics. I worked for DC Comics for for years. Um, and uh, but you know, Kids WB wants to be competitive, and you know there isn't a more competitive property on the market right now. So I can understand yeah. why they'd want it, and they've been great partners, and that's all I care about. As to why yeah. Sony and Marvel chose to go with Kids WB is something else. That's a you know that's a business affairs thing. It's not my. It's not my. I, don't, I just don't even know. Cool. Oh. All right, Morb, your turn. What do you got for Greg? Well, uh, we got so many great questions on the message board. I'm just going to keep it down to one for myself. Um, I am that 20-year-old who grew up with the 90s series and felt like that was my own that you mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the great things I thought it did for me was it used uh, the Morbius character. And trust me, this question isn't as specific as it sounds. <laughs> um, and I just... That is my favorite character in comic books now. So I'm wondering if with this show, do you have any specific intention of exposing some more lower-tier villains to a new generation, or maybe even revamping them? Or are you just going for more classics or people that maybe strike you specifically? We're starting, I'm not, you know, uh, without getting too specific, we're starting obviously with with uh, the more classic, with the earlier vi- 
villains, um, you know, a lot depends on how many episodes we get to do. Um, if you give me enough episodes, I'll get to everything eventually, <laughs> really. Um, uh, but, you know, we're starting... Uh, uh, the, the villains I'm allowed to talk about are the ones that we teased in the in the trailer that we showed in Comic Con, mm. um, but I don't think that it's shocking, you know, that these are are some of the first villains we're using: Vulture, Electro, Lizard, Sandman, Green Goblin, uh, Doctor Octopus, Venom. Um, I don't think that it's much of a surprise that these are the great, you know, these are some of the great classic Spider-Man villains. And those aren't, by the way, aren't the only villains we're using in the first season. Those are just the ones I'm allowed to talk about. Oh. Um, and, uh, oh, wow. yeah. um, that's, so that's just, uh, you know, we've got a, I would say at least a half dozen more just in season one. Um, you give me enough episodes and you're going to see a lot more villains, um, including Morbius and, and, and others. I just need, you know, I can't, I, I don't want to try and stuff everything into 13 episodes because, like I said, I'd like the show to be coherent. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in this for the long haul. As long as they want to make it and as long as they want me to make it for them, um, Vic and I want to be doing this show. We've got a great character design on uh, Cheeks Galloway, who's just doing amazing work. We've got a great voice director, Jamie Thomason. I've got uh, a great cast, an amazing writing staff, Kevin Hobbs, Matt Wayne, who did uh, Justice League Unlimited, Andrew Robinson, uh, Randy Jan, um, terrific writing staff. Um, we've got great directors, uh, Troy Adamitis, uh, Dave Bullock, Dan Fawcett. Um, this, is a, this is a dream team. Um, as far as I'm concerned. And as long as they keep letting us make it, we're going to keep going. And so, again, give me enough episodes, I'll get to everybody. <laughs> All right, let's tackle the message. We've got, oh. we got Hobie Brown in the first season. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. Oh, let's tackle the message board questions. Uh, first one is uh, Wombat909. Uh, he talks a bit about how back in the 90s series, uh, Marvel writers like J.M. DeMathis wrote a couple uh, episodes. Is there any chance of seeing like Brian Michael Bendis or Peter David pen a uh, script for the show? Well, if you're talking long term, anything's possible, but not in the short term. I mean, I've got a writing staff, a very you know, a small group of people who were very involved in um, in plotting these 13 episodes, which are very intricately plotted. Each episode mm -hmm. stands alone, but as I announced at Comic Con, we're also collecting. Um, Episodes 1 through 3, 4 through 6, 7 through 9, and 10 through 13 as DVDs. And as much as possible, given that they're all standalone episodes, we wanted those each DVD to play like a movie. Mm -hmm. And the movies will have more connective tissue to them um, and uh, extra footage that the TV series won't have. And, um, the, and, so, and all 13 episodes also play as sort of one great chapter of this book mm -hmm. that takes Spider-Man from, um, again, the day before the first, the night before the first day of his junior year of high school through Thanksgiving of his junior year. Oh. And again, we're not rushing through high school. This is, the first season is not the first year of high school. The first season is the first three months of high school, September, October, November, right. basically 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and if we get a second season, we're going to start in December. Right. Um, of his junior year and and go from there. Now I know we're pretty um, we're pretty far out to talk about DVDs, but is there a plan to release them as like one disc at a time, or is there a plan to release them as a season set, or is it too early to talk? About uh, first, they're going to release them as one disc at a time again as these movies, and then I think eventually, um, probably talking a bit out of turn, but I think eventually yeah. they're going to probably release them as as a full season okay. set. But I, I don't actually know that. I know okay. they're going to release them one DVD at a time. Okay. Uh, Jano42 from Arizona, he says, which star story arc are you most excited about adapting or producing, like the Master Planner arc or the Spider-Man No More? And is there a chance for the Hypno-Hustler or the Spot to show up? <laughs> um, there's always a chance. Um, in terms of which arc, I mean, again, you have to look even earlier than the two that he just mentioned. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I'd say, you know, I'm very excited about our uh, our Green Goblin arc. I, and frankly, we've got four major arcs and, and a lot of minor arcs. And and uh, without going into too much detail, I'm I'm 
I truly think that we've got some good stuff here. And, and uh, you know, if people are familiar with my work on shows like Starship Troopers or Gargoyles or Witch or, um, you know, or Max Steel uh, or my comic book work on, like, Captain Adam um, or Gargoyles, uh, you know, arcing, that's what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I try to weave this tapestry, try and make it all cohere and, and try and tell not just the individual stories but the larger story. Right. And I think people are going to be real excited about um, both the individual episodes and the larger stories that we're telling. To equate it into like a comic book form, the episodes, are they more like done-in-one comics? Or there's, there, I guess there's threads that tie them all together as the goal to make it like a movie. Both. Okay. okay. Really both. Uh, the choice is next. Which is a challenge, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. To, to be able to do an episode that has a clear beginning, middle, and end, and yet really plays as like, the first of, yeah. first act of a movie, or the second act of a movie, or the right. third act of a movie. The Choice says, Hi Greg, thanks for bringing Spidey back to the small screen. I was wondering if the tone of the series is going to be in the vein of the animated series from the 90s, or are you aiming for a more kid-friendly Teen Titans approach? Uh, neither or both. I mean, I, you know, I... I, I I, I hesitate to, when people sort of pick out a specific thing and says, is it going to be like this? <laughs> to sort of say, you know, because yeah. I'm not trying to target Teen Titans. I'm not trying to target the 90s show either. What I'm trying to do is create something that feels very organic to Spider-Man. Um, and so I think the tone will be kid-friendly, but I don't think that's mutually exclusive from it being adult fanboy geek-friendly because mm-hmm. I'm an adult fanboy geek. Um, right. And so I don't see those two things as being at all mutually exclusive. And, um, you know, to me, when we do a show like this, when I did a show like Gargoyles, you write on multiple levels. You've got a lot of eye candy, explosions, web slinging, etc., that kids will relate to and be excited about and all this stuff, but that there's also deeper things that maybe go over the littlest kids' heads, but that other people get that are in the show. There's a lot of relationship stuff because that's what Spider-Man was about from day one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the difficult, you know, what we want is that for, for Peter, Spider-Man is this huge release in these early days. This, again, is before all the tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy right. got piled on him. In these early days, Spider-Man is a huge release, so his life can be frustrating, not enough money, Flash is picking on him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, he can put on that red and blue suit and go swinging around town, and it's liberating. Mm-hmm. It's it's exhilarating. Yeah. It's all these great things. Now, of course, the irony is, is the more time he spends as Spider-Man, the more it actually complicates his life as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And thus, the more complicated and difficult his life becomes as Peter Parker, the more he wants to put on the red and blue suit and go <laughs> swing around as Spider-Man. Yeah. And so there is a vicious circle element to that that we're going to expand upon and play out. That's awesome. Um, but the tone, I, 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 I guess the short answer is I don't know how to respond to that question because the tone isn't designed to be Teen Titans, it isn't designed to be 90 Spider-Man, it isn't designed to be Gargoyles, it isn't designed to be anything that came before per se. Yeah. It's designed to be Spider-Man. Right. So that's what we're going. Okay. Uh, FSU Spider Fan from the DC Metro era. We kind of touched on this a little bit. It, more pre- are we going to have more predominantly standalone episodes or long story arcs? I, a little bit of both. The answers all of the above. Yeah. Are we going to have like two parters at all, or is it just one parters? I wonder. Well, again, it depends how you define it. Each episode mm-hmm. does tell a cohesive standalone story. Okay. Um, we have to do that. Um, but, again, each episode is part of a DVD movie. Mm-hmm. So we've got, in essence, it depends on you look at it. We, we've got 13 one-parters. Okay. We've got, with the same 13 episodes, we've got um, three three-parters and one four-parter. Or, if you feel like looking at it this way, and it's completely legit to look at it this way, we've got one 13-parter. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and if we, in fact, get a pickup for season two... Um, which, again, I do think we will, um, although I should knock wood or something yeah. so I don't <laughs> screw it up. But, um, but uh, you know, then, in fact, season one is, is 
in and of itself is just a chapter of the larger story. Okay. So. Uh, Black Cat, our friend the Black Cat, says, who's from Spidey's supporting cast will make an appearance or be part of the cartoon? Um, a huge, huge quantity of Spidey's supporting cast um, will be in the cartoon um, from characters that, of course, how could we do without, like Aunt May and Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. to um, others that are, again, pretty obvious, like... Uh, uh, MJ or, or Gwen or Harry or uh, um, Flash to characters who are more obscure like Sally Avril, um, uh, Hobie Brown, uh, F- Fred Foswell, um, wow. Coach Smith. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we. Uh, I mean, you can't get much more obscure than Coach Smith. No, that, he's frankly. he's the pinnacle. character who never visually appeared in the episode, <laughs> and yet we found his name and used him. Um, yeah. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to get more obscure than that, but uh, um, you know we're trying very hard to um, populate this world, and again populate it without creating yeah. any original characters because why would you need to? Right. Uh, tra- it's so rich already. Travis from Dayton, Ohio. He says, "Do you plan on updating the villains' costumes or tweaking any of their origins to fit the series, or are you going to try to stay as close to the source material as possible?" Um, again, the answer is both. Mm-hmm. Um, we are absolutely tweaking some costumes, tweaking some looks. We are um, updating uh, and adjusting uh, certain origins um, to both fit something more contemporary and also to make, again, a, a more cohesive, coherent approach to the creation of villains. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said all that, I'm absolutely sticking as close to the spirit Mm-hmm. Uh, if not all the details and as many of the details as the original stuff had, right. because again, I'm a fan of that stuff. Um, we want to contemporize it. You know, you want to be able to mix things up. I mean, you know, in in 1963 or four, it made sense for literally every single villain to be a result of radiation. Yeah. But after about the fifth or sixth <laughs> radiation-based villain, yeah. you kind of go, hmm, maybe there's another approach we could take. It still captures the spirit of who this who this villain is, yeah. But is not using just the same exact method of creation. So we've made some changes. I won't deny it, but I think they're all changes made in the spirit of capturing the core essence of who these characters are. And Man Spider from Milton, Massachusetts, he says, uh, any storylines that you'd want to adapt to the show in later seasons? We kind of talked about the Clone Saga being a possibility. Anything else you're looking forward to after season one? Um, There's a ton of stuff I'm looking forward to. I mean, Mm -hmm. a ton. Um, But I'm I'm just going to hold my counsel on that. Okay. Uh, F and Spider-Man from Colorado uh, says, Mr. Weissman, in the past, Spider-Man animations have always been more or less a realistic interpretation of the comic. This one is markedly more of a tune style, not really reflecting the books. Why was this particular style chosen? And did this style test well with focus groups? And does this target market respond better to this style? And what's the target market as you see it? Um, the... Uh Kyle was not tested with any focus groups unless you count, you know, me and Vic. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, um, various other people who, you know, work for Sony and Marvel and mm-hmm. Kibitz and et cetera. But, no, we haven't done any focus testing. Um, okay. uh, what we did do, and this was our clear intent um, when I brought Vic on and, and what Vic and I wanted to do is have a style that is e- eminently animatable. Mm-hmm. That um, some uh, superhero cartoons in the past have tried to emulate comic books, um, which are still pictures. Right. Um, they're sequential, but they're still f- single images that do not have to be animated by you know 42 different guys in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wind up with a lot of musculature and a lot of lines that wind up moving around on the on the, the bodies that it's becomes very, very difficult to get a good-looking show, to get a Spider-Man who can move. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I said when I came aboard the show, and the absolute marching orders I've given to everybody on this staff, is that this is a Spider-Man who moves. Um, And uh, with that in mind, we wanted an 
nation style that moved mm-hmm. um, but truly um, would be great to look at and um, and and so animatable that you know uh we could move this character without worrying about, ooh, is he getting off model? Is, uh, ooh, that, those muscles, you know. So we wanted something very clean, um, very iconic, mm-hmm. and very contemporary. Right. And we really feel we found that in uh, Sean Galloway. Cool. Uh, Greg XB says, Hi, Greg. You've always written terrific villains. You're going to have to help me with these names. David Xantos, is that right? Xanatos, Xanatos, yeah. Demona, De De, or... Demona. Demona, I've got, I'm over two. And Thylog, is that right? Thylog. <laughs> I'm over three. <laughs> <laughs> Are three of the best villains in the history of animation. Which of, which members of Spider-Man's rogues gallery are your favorites and have you, and have been particularly fun to write? Who's your, um, I, uh, have a lot of favorites. I'm more now that I've started this project than even one, um, even before I started it, because now it feels like they're all kind of my kids, um, at least foster children, you know. Oh, and so it becomes harder for me to pick between them because we've been doing great stuff with a whole bunch of them. Um, and, uh, again, uh, um, I'd say that one of the ones that's emerged is just being incredibly fun to write. Um, Dialogue for is one of the ones that isn't on the list I'm allowed to talk about. But... Oh. Um, but that aside, um, I really have enjoyed doing all of them. Um, we're having a great time introducing these characters, bringing them to life again. And uh, there isn't, you know, one that I'm going, oh, man, do I have to do that? I feel really great about our interpretation of all these characters. really feel like we're getting to the core of them. Um, and I, I uh, think that, you know, Spider-Man has one of the greatest, most fun folks yeah. galleries ever. Um, and, uh, you know, we are trying uh, our best to just bring these characters to life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope uh, uh, Greg will enjoy it. Greg's, a, you know, actually a buddy of mine, so it's a bit of a plan. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's actually the one that... Uh, not, that I, not that I asked him to submit, <laughs> but, uh, but, he, but he is a friend of mine, yeah. so I, I know that... Uh, We'll we'll we'll, uh, grill him later. (laughs) Uh, Scarlet Spider uh, asks about why did what was the decision about to make him a teenager uh, in this show? I guess probably because a married Peter Parker wouldn't be that much fun, would it? Well, you know, I think for me, an adult Peter Parker is tremendously interesting, uh, actually. But uh, it's only interesting if you know the young guy first, Mm -hmm. Um, and Again, if you give me 232 episodes, he probably will get married by the time we're done. But uh, but right now I'm dealing with 13, and I wanted to start at the beginning. Uh, I wanted to start and see him go through these challenges and learn, you know, make mistakes, learn from his mistakes, all this stuff. The decision to start in high school, um, to me, I'm stunned that f- fewer shows have done it. I mean, mm-hmm. for all the shows that take characters and use them up, this isn't one of them. Yeah. You know, if we had wanted to, you know, I once um, at a convention got accused of, you know, you're just, you just wanted to use the character up. I'm like, well, if I wanted to do that, I could, could have, you know, for kids. And I said, I could have put him in sixth grade. We could have done spider Baby. you know. <laughs> if that was my goal, yeah. you know, was to make it the same age as the kids' WB audience, mm-hmm. you know, then he wouldn't be in high school. Right. Um, we chose high school. Because Stan chose high school. People forget because it has been, you know, 40 going on 50 years. But Spider-Man didn't begin as a graduate student. He didn't begin as a married adult. He began as a high school student. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're exploring, and that's the reason we're exploring. Uh, Dono Mark asks... He's got a couple questions about the the violent. How how will Peter be able to punch the bad guys? I know the show can't be mega violent, but uh, I guess the guns are are outlawed in some are not able to be in cartoons or something like that. I mean, what's some limitations you got, you're facing? I guess I think is well, we kind of covered this. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, again, um, there are some limitations. Yeah. Um, we do have 
fights, so we have violence, we have uh, guns. Uh, mm-hmm. but some uh, guns are more realistic than others in our show, um, and uh, but we're not. Uh, you know, sometimes we have to get creative to get around S and P issues. But again, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will absolutely 100% guarantee. This show will not be short on action. Awesome. It just won't. Scarlet Spider says, how much will we see of Peter's life outside the costume? It's going to be 50-50, 60-40? Uh, you know, I, I don't break down percentages. That, that's got no meaning to me. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, we're going to get all these aspects of his life. I mean, you know, Spider-Man, his life at home with Aunt May, his life in high school, mm-hmm. his life at the Daily Bugle, his life at the ESU Laboratory, all these are major parts of of the series from issue uh, issue from episode one on. So um, you know, I, I think there's a good balance. Some episodes obviously will have more right. of one than the other. All episodes are action packed, and uh, so you're obviously going to get Spidey in every episode. Um, right. But uh, um, you know, uh, I think that we've struck a really good balance and I just don't think in terms of percentages, I think in terms of story. And so what do we need in this story? What, what are we trying to tell? You know, even minor characters are getting at least little arcs. Awesome. Even coach Smith. (laughs) If there's a theme tonight, it's coach Smith. (laughs) Well, actually the theme of the series really, and I I am surprised I haven't, that no question has gotten me to mention this before. The theme of the series is the education of Peter Parker. Um, you know, he comes back for his junior year of high school. He's spent the summer more or less alone mm-hmm. um, and uh, comes back, you know, back into his peer group. Um, you know, he and they've got things to teach him. His teachers have things to teach him. Um, Jonah's got stuff to teach him. And let me tell you something, you know, these villains have <laughs> are going to teach him some lessons. School hard too. knocks, so, yeah. Right, and so really that is the overall theme for the entire series is the education of Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, just a couple more questions, and then we're done with the, the board. Uh, Drama asks, she's from London, Ontario. She says, uh, "What was the, how lengthy was the creative process trying to pinpoint the art style the show would take on? What are some of the other styles that you looked at? Well, we uh, invited a number of artists to... Um, to uh, test to do the show. A lot of great people. We saw a lot of great art. Some of it we kind of immediately knew that's not what we were looking for. Some of it we did consider, but um, Sean Galloway, uh, Cheeks, he just, uh, you know, uh, sort of stood out from the pack. It was just, we just kept getting drawn to his stuff, his take on things, which was both very fresh and yet very iconic. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, the marching orders I gave my people, which is that this stuff has to be contemporary, but it has to be iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm trying to play this so that people instantly recognize the wheel and yet don't feel like um, it looks tired, it looks old-fashioned. So mm-hmm. um, Sean was really able to capture both those incredibly important elements. Mm-hmm. Well, the three important elements from a design style were, one, contemporary, two, iconic, and three, animatable. Mm-hmm. Um, had to be able to move. Um, and Sean was able to do those things for us, so he just emerged. Uh, on the character design side, and then as we went to look at things like background design and prop design and stuff like that, Sean had sort of set the tone for the series as a whole, and we got some okay. great work from a number of great people. Scarlet Spider asks, uh, is there going to be a love triangle between Mary Jane and Gwen and Peter? Triangle is not enough size. <laughs> to describe what we have going on. As I, as I said at Comic-Con, the Peter that we first meet mm-hmm. in episode one um, has never had a girlfriend and is madly, passionately in love with whatever girl happens to be standing in front of him at any given moment. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a lot of us at, in high school. <laughs> so just in high that's school, how yeah. I feel, right. Yeah. You know, and that just felt very real to me. Um, it also felt like, again, we know, those of us who have been reading Spider-Man comics for years and years and years, we know what happens down the road with characters like Felicia Hardy and, right. and Gwen Stacy and, and Mary Jane Watson. And we, we know that. But our Peter doesn't know that yet. Yeah. He doesn't know what we know. 
Right. Um, and right now, it's not that those girls aren't interesting to him, but you know what? Liz is really interesting, too, yeah. and so Sally, and so is Betty. Betty's very interesting. <laughs> that was actually his first girlfriend, um, yeah, back in the, in the early issues. And um, so, you know, he is a guy who uh, um, runs around um, – with his tongue hanging um, and uh, that's where Venom got it. And he doesn't know yet who he's destined to be yeah. with. And so again, when someone says triangle to me, I'm like three sides, not really enough. <laughs> Alex Legs says, "Will there be any merchandise for the Spider-Man animated series?" I, I mean, that's a given. well. That's not up to me, but I, I, I think the answer is pretty much a no-brainer. I'm pretty sure the answer that's going to be yes, yeah. but it's really not anything that I control. Yeah. So. Uh, it's just me, uh, says, uh, let's see, what's the policy on killing off characters? Will this happen? If so, how it will be handled? Uh, you probably can't get into that, I imagine. Yeah, and, I, and again, we're in very early days, yeah. so, I mean, don't, I mean, Uncle Ben is dead, um, and, uh, we're not doing that in episode one, but we are going to be doing an origin story in the first season. Yeah. Um. We'll flash back to it and tell it eventually. I felt I felt it was better to um, to tell it once we'd earned it. Okay. Um, and uh, so, uh, other than that, um, you know, we're just too early okay. days to deal with. It, so. And this is our last poster's question. Uh, he says, "Do you ha- uh, plan on having any of the voice actors from the previous series make cameos, like in the '90s, Peter Parker?" Uh, did a cameo in the MTV series. So any uh, Toby Maguire making a guest shot anytime soon? <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I'm sure I'd know about that if Toby was going to do a guest <laughs> star. Um, I, you know, um, it's just not my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not be opposed to using actors who had who had were connected with the character or characters previously, but my job i feel is to get the best cast i can get at any given moment right. you know anytime we're casting a new character it's like who's the best person i can get right, right now for this part if that person has a previous connection Spider-Man, fine mm-hmm. um I, I that's fine but that's not the goal um, i think what they did with the I, i'm not about I, i'm not really about stunt casting i'm yeah. about casting the character. I think they made it work in the Batman animated series when they had Adam West. You know, they kind of centered that episode around, the, I think it was a Grey Ghost episode where Adam West kind of guest starred. And it made it for a good episode. It wasn't kind of stunt. It was actually a solid episode. So, And again, and I'm sure, you know, I, I worked on The Batman um, and we cast Frank Gorshin as Hugo Strange mm-hmm. and it was great fun. And it's cool in my head, you know, again, big geek, cool in my head right. to have the you know, Frank Gorshin doing an episode of the Batman. Um, uh, but, you know, if we didn't think he could do a good Hugo Strange, right. Right. you wouldn't have put him in that role. Um, so, again, if those opportunities come up, I'm not going to shy away from them, but they have to fit. It, it's not going to be done right. for the sake of, let's get this guy because he did this. No, right. let's get this guy because he'd be great doing our show. Right. And so that's sort of the mindset. And then the last question is, will we have any cameos from any other heroes like the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, or the X-Men? Not in the first season. We felt we felt strongly that we didn't want this to be a show that felt like it had to depend on uh, other uh, heroes in order to, for lack of a better term, sell itself. Okay. So in the first season, we're very much within the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel Universe. What happens in later seasons, like I said, we don't have a pickup for later seasons yet, so those are issues that um, get discussed. There are a couple characters I'd love to to bring in in season two, yeah. um, but just a couple. Yeah. And uh, and then in season three, as we went forward, there are probably a couple more, and with each season, I wouldn't mind having one or two guest stars yeah. per year, but we felt very strongly that in season one, we didn't want it to be, um, gee, how's this show going to survive? We better put Wolverine in, or, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, because, frankly, if, if we can't survive telling Spider-Man stories, then we must be doing something wrong. If I had to make a suggestion, Human to... Torch and Daredevil are great team-ups with Spider-Man. It's been a classic pairing over the years for both those. Well, I, I, um, I 
am right with you, yeah. particularly on Human Torch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to do a, a Human Torch crossover in season two, but we haven't even discussed that. Okay. I mean, really, what we discussed in season one is that we got to make this guy yeah. stand on his own um, four limbs, and um, and uh, we'll worry about season two when right. we get picked up for season. Well, two. Greg, I appreciate you got through every question. We we uh, we we managed to get through it. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say before we go? That uh, uh, to wrap it up. Well, no. I mean, I you know, obviously, uh, I. Uh, I mean, if you don't mind, I got a couple other things I wouldn't mind promoting. Sure. If that's not too obnoxious. Well, go ahead. Um, you know, I. Uh, I write the uh, Gargoyles comic book for SLG, mm-hmm. um, which picks up right where the Gargoyles uh, TV series left off, and I'm very proud of both the old Gargoyles series and the new comic. The series is available on DVD the first season and first half of the second season, and I think those episodes are great, and it'd be terrific if if uh, either your fans who are also Gargoyles fans would pick those up or pick the comic book up, okay. or if you know your fans are interested by what I said today and sort of go, hmm, let me see what this guy's done in the past so we know whether or not he's going to screw it all up, <laughs> um, you know, pick up that stuff and find yeah. out. Um, otherwise, you know, from a Spider-Man standpoint, I'm so thrilled to be on this show. I can't even find the words for it and i just hope you know you guys will hang tight till march and uh you know and in march 2008 we are going to bring you a show that i truly believe is just gonna blow you guys away and i think it, this is going to be a truly great great and I, I from just listening to the comic-con stuff and this interview I, I, i'm not i don't have a nielsen box but i'm going to try to help you any way i can because it sounds like a really solid yeah, go out, all of you, steal Nielsen boxes. Uh, can I say that? Uh, yeah. um, borrow, and, say borrow. Uh, <laughs> borrow, borrow, yeah. Um, and, uh, or, you know, find, find you know, your fourth cousin who has one and, and uh, camp out at their house every Saturday morning. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I um, and, and I can say this even, uh, even with modesty because it's not just me. I'm not a one-man show here. There are, you know, all the people I've named already – People I haven't named. I've been asked not to name the cast beyond Josh Keaton mm-hmm. uh, for for all sorts of publicity strategy reasons that I'm not sure I understand, but um, I have to respect. <laughs> yeah. But we have a great, great cast that I haven't named yet, and uh, Josh is terrific. And um, I just think that um, there are so many great, great, talented people working on this show, um, uh, way beyond just me, um, that... Uh, I just I have this level of confidence about this show, um, and plus the great source material we're right. working off of. Um, that this is this is going to be great, and we'll have to do this again. When, so in, I hope, in I March. hope you guys, you guys, and all your your uh, audience enjoy. All right. Well, Greg, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. Good luck with the show. Thank you. All right. Thanks. I, I really appreciate it, guys. And that wraps up our August podcast interview of Greg Weissman. Now, the spectacular Spider-Man animated series sounds like it's in pretty firm hands with Greg and his team on the show, so we want to wish them luck. And the show will premiere in March of 2008 on the Kids WB, so be sure to look for it. And we want to thank our sponsor of the show, MailOrderComics.com. They're your friendly neighborhood online comic shop. Every month you'll enjoy standard discounts of 38% and up to 75% off cover prices on selected comics. Now, along with those amazing discounts, you'll also enjoy the best customer service to be found yet. Check them out. You'll be glad you made the switch to MailOrderComics.com for all your comic book collecting needs. And we'll be back in a couple days for our one-year anniversary podcast. We'll blow out the candles, so don't miss that show. It's a fun one. Again, I'm Brad Douglas, and thanks for visiting the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>